in the Nats in the clubhouse with the Nats report. My name is Jeremy Lapidus, co-host of this uh, show, with of course my friend and co-host Hayden Raymer. We've got a great show for you guys tonight. A lot of stuff happened since our last show, and by a lot of stuff, I mean three games of baseball. Uh, so this show we're going to be mostly focusing on. You know, back to our little classic show schedule. It's been one series. So, you know, it's, uh, we're going to do a little bit of the, uh, preview of the White Sox series coming up. We're going to go over, uh, that Brewer series that the Nats just wrapped up. Uh, and it's going to be a good show. We got a lot coming up. We're going to have a new segment. It's exciting. I'm I'm excited. Uh, or I might say uh, an edited segment. But yeah. Anyway. Okay. Now, now, I, now I know what we're talking about. <laughs> I was so confused. I was so excited. I was like, "There's a new segment that I don't know about." <laughs> uh, but anyway, there is a lot to get into. So let's just hop right into it. Mm-hmm. The Nats, uh, heading into their last 15 or so games, they had a three-game stretch against the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee. Uh, they went two and one. Just finished off today's game with a win to avoid getting swept. Uh, Hayden, what was your big takeaway from this series? Or a couple I mean, takeaways you had? Listen, man. I since Garcia's been called up, he's struggled. Um, pulling up the stats right now, but I mean, watching him has not looked good. But these past two games, man. Homered <laughs> off of two of the best pitchers in baseball. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, Luis Garcia looks really good. Uh, outside of that, I mean, it's just a reminder that, you know, kind of the Nets, uh, you know, it's kind of what the Nets have always been, really, this season, series. And then in this season, too. Uh, if the starting pitching goes deep, they do great. Uh, if the starting pitcher doesn't go deep, it's a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> and they're probably going to lose that game. Uh, and that's kind of what happened this series. You know, Corbin went six innings today. They get the W. Uh, the other two games, the farthest they made it was four and two third innings uh, by Jake Irvin on uh, Friday. So I think it's just, you know, when that starting pitching goes deep. Uh, and I don't think that's like kind of a knock on the bullpen. It's just, generally speaking, the Nats offense, especially without Stone Garrett, uh, has been a little lackluster at times. I feel like mm-hmm. that comeback potential has gone away a little bit. Uh, where I feel like I haven't really seen them take off, take one of these crazy comeback victories uh, since he got hurt. But, you know, if the starting pitcher is not going deep, you know, they're giving up a lot of runs and then the Nats the offense just can't overcome that. Right. Uh, no, we when we were looking into this series a little bit on Thursday, it wasn't going to be an easy one. The pitching matchups just didn't quite line up, and they're not really going to line up that much when you're facing two of the better pitchers in all of baseball. But it just didn't quite line up, and it's nice to steal a game. The Brewers are a very good team. Uh, I mean, especially this last one, Corbin 
pitched a good game. You know, he went six innings, uh, only gave up the one run. Uh, yeah, it's a nice and he also, defense too in this game. Yeah, and you know, usually Corbin will have some of these games where he'll if if you just take the if you don't look at the numbers and you just say, oh, the Nats. He stopped him from scoring. Like he only gave up like two runs, but then you look at the box score and he walked like ten, or something mm-hmm. like that. But he kept the guy. He kept him off base. He only walked two. Only gave up four hits. It was a, it was a really good, really good outing for him. Uh, the other thing is just Carlos Santana killed us. Uh, yeah, he's just for... one of those guys <laughs> where he will just pop off. For a series, some for some <laughs> reason, like he, he, that's just his mo. Uh, but I did pull up the Garcia stats, and it was a lot worse than I thought. Uh, <laughs> he was hitting through his first uh, few games back, uh, 23 plate appearances, so tiny, tiny sample size. But he was hitting uh, 091, 130, 091. Not a single extra base hit, and you know, just you know, not good. Uh, but then today, what, he went two for three yesterday uh, with a home run and then a walk. Today, pulling up the thing, he went two for four today, you know, with another home run. Like, you know, two home runs back-to-back days. I uh, hope we can carry that into that White Sox series because, you know, I don't think we're quite facing anybody too scary. Uh, you know, a little preview. Uh, it's the White Sox. Uh, really... We're facing one guy who's good-ish, but the rest is, yeah, not great. There's no one on the White Sox that I'm like, oh, we have no chance of beating. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they got Marlins legend Jose Urania on the bump. Uh <laughs> um, we do have a first in this series, though, when we get there. This is the first time. Oh, never mind. It just wasn't loading. I was wrong. Ignore oh. me. Okay. All good, man. I mean, did you have any big, big, massive takeaways? Um, I mean, the, the Nats, for all their lack of offense in this series, when they were hitting, it came in, like, a bunch, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that first game, they put up all three runs in the first inning. Lane Thomas home run, and they hit, like, four doubles in a row. Uh, and then in the in the second game, they were down 5-1, came back to tie it, and then obviously gave up that, that grand slam to Kana. But uh, their offense has come in bunches, which is, you know, good for a team that doesn't have a lot of pop like the Nats to... Uh, get your hits together, I guess, was a positive for me. Yeah, no. Uh, speak of, speaking of Thomas, uh, I mean, we're kind of towards the end of the season here. His uh, The big thing at the trade deadline was his BABIP was too unsustainable. Uh, since then, it's came down a ton. I guess, you know, what is kind of your takeaway from the kind of this is kind of what looks like a Lane Thomas season looks like. Uh, are you kind of content with that? Do you think he's a guy who we need to ship off to get out, add more prospects? Uh, I don't know. I guess what's your take on Lane? 
If I can get a Lane Thomas season, this season from Lane Thomas every year, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at what he's done. He's had an incredible year this year. Yeah, he hit his um, 25th home run on Friday. Right, and he's not going to be our he's not going to be our I almost said wide receiver, our outfielder one. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's. He's going to be our outfielder three or four, and if you can get those numbers from a third or fourth outfielder, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. And, and and we talked about it a little bit on our last show, but I don't think he gets enough shine. His outfield assist numbers. Uh, Recently. It's not like... Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's not just the home runs. He's also hitting for a pretty solid average, 272. Uh, and I don't know. It's just I, I I would be thrilled if we could get this season every this this type of season every year from Lane Thomas. Now, I don't think they need to trade him. I don't think they do at all. I mean, he's still relatively young. Like he's not twenty eight. Yeah, he's he's still relatively young. He's not thirty yet. He's got a couple years left on his deal still. Um, and he's just been, he's been hitting ever since we got him from the Cardinals at the trade deadline last season. Like, even in that limited, uh, in the half season that we had him last year, he was, he was raking. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, he was a big bright spot on the Nats. So, absolutely. The, I'd be thrilled if he could do this every year. And unless, I mean, we've talked about this team's timeline and, the way the team's timeline seems to be, he seems to fit right into it. You know, maybe if you asked me that question at, before the season began, what the timeline is for the Nats, I might have pushed it out further, and I would have said he's probably a trade candidate. And he probably still is, like, on the top of the list of trade candidates on the Nats right now. But uh, he's he kind of fits into the into the timeline a little bit for the Nats. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, looking at him, right? You know, he's got two years of uh, team control left after this season. Uh, and then when you look at, you know, these top prospects for the Nats, right? You got James Wood, Dylan Cruz. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, and then, I mean, you're going to have to go down a little bit, but then you have Robert Hassel III down in AA with them. Uh, Andrew Pinckney has been ranking... Uh, and, you know, I don't think, like, somebody like Alex Call is, you know, has a long-term future with the Nats, but the Nats already have Jacob Young and Stone Garrett up in the majors. I I mean, they just have a massive amount of outfielders who are near Major League ready, uh, that it kind of makes sense to trade him. Right, and it, it, it totally does make sense to trade him because, I mean, he's a proven commodity, and we could get probably a solid haul for him, not like... Yeah, here, let me quickly get the baseball trade values and see kind of what they are saying he's worth. Um, But no, you could probably get a solid haul from him, like maybe a mediocre prospect or two, and then a flyer, I don't know. Um, maybe that's too much, but you're not. But you're not going to get like a top 
10 prospect in someone's farm for Lane, Lane Thomas. No. Uh, I'm trying to think of who has a decent farm that we would know. Uh, here, the Reds have a lot of prospects. Uh, the Nats could get... Let's see... Looking for a name that we would all know here. Uh, I mean... They have us at a slight underpay, but getting one of their best position player prospects uh, and a guy who they drafted in the first round a couple years ago or last year. Right. So like a uh, you could get a former first round pick for Lane Thomas, who still has a decent prospect pedigree. I mean, this guy is uh, it's Cam Collier. Let me see where he ranks on MLB Pipeline, because I'm sure he's top 100. But, I mean, I, I think you could get, you know, you're talking about three war outfielder for two years. I think you could get, I mean, you're not going to get a top, like you said, a top 10 prospect in baseball. But I would be shocked if you're not getting, you know, someone with, you know, decent amount of trade value here. I'm just going to search. Oh, they don't have him in the top. I mean, you could get, uh, you know, Edwin Arroyo, who's definitely considered a top, you know, the 57 prospect in baseball. The baseball trade values would say that the Reds are have a slight underpay, giving them the 57th best prospect in baseball. Just to contextualize kind of what the value for Lane is. Like you said, I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely something that's going to be talked about a lot this offseason. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of offseason trades that the Nats usually do. No. I mean, that, uh, that Christmas present trade uh, <laughs> in what, 2021? Or then after 2020? Before 2021? Nationals send Will Crow and Eddie Yeen okay. to the Pittsburgh okay, Pirates for... Okay. Uh, for Josh Bell. <laughs> Pretty big trade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, the... I don't know. I just... I don't think they'll trade him this offseason. I think if they do, it'll be at the deadline because they want their younger guys up and playing more. But yeah. I mean, I think you and I talked about it yesterday. Or not yesterday. Last time. Uh, I, I think he's up this year. Or I think they're up, uh, not this year, uh, opening day. Wooden crews are, at least. Yeah. So, we'll have to see, but I... They didn't trade him this deadline, and I think if they were going to do it, this was the one to do it on. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, I think... I, I disagree. I think, like, uh... You know, everybody was kind of saying, like, his numbers were very much kind of overblown. And now we kind of have a full season worth of data where it's not kind of less of a small sample size and it's more predictable numbers. I think, like I said, I think he's, I don't know. I think he's more likely to get traded this offseason at the deadline. I disagree. All right, we'll see. I don't think he gets traded, but yeah, All you right. can get a good haul 
I mean, I'm not against it. He just is one of the few proven commodities on the Nats. Mm-hmm. No, I completely understand what you're saying. But, I, you know, I think they're good without him, too. All right, you want to talk about these these White Sox, Mr. Jeremy? Let's talk about these White Sox. These White Sox are one of the few teams that uh, are having a worse season than the Nationals. So. Nice. Love that. Yeah. There it is. Uh, pitching matchups. Game one, we got Mike Clevenger taking on Joan Adone. Uh, and then game two, uh, Jose Urania taking on. It's swapped three like two times for me. It's either Josiah Gray or it's undecided. It keeps switching. So, uh, I have Adone, game one, Rutledge, game two, Gray, game three. Mm, yep, that's what it is. And then I have Clevenger taking on Urania, and then Jesse Schultens. Uh, yep, for Jesse that. Schultens, Josiah Gray, game three. I just misclicked. My bad. All good. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a... Not really... White Sox are not a team I'm that scared of. Yeah, I mean, the Nats have won nine more games than them. So, they should be able to sweep this series. Yeah, they should, but yeah. baseball happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they did not sweep this series. This is the last stretch of game. This, this is the last series that is against... A bad team. They finish up their season with the Braves, Orioles, Braves. Yeah. Uh, Very so exciting end. An incredibly tough end. The two best teams by record in baseball uh, just sandwich them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, see if we can get these easy wins while they're left. Mm hmm. Uh, which, by the way, congratulations to the Orioles. They clinched a playoff spot today. Yep. Uh, first time since 2016. I know this is a Nat show, but I think that good, good job, Orioles. Yeah. No, I mean, they did a, had a great rebuild. Got a lot of really good prospects. I mean, Adley Rutschman is ridiculous behind the dish. Gunnar Henderson, great third baseman shortstop for them. And they just have so many more guys coming up. Like, they just called up a guy yesterday. Or like the day before that, and they're probably they still have other top 100 prospects to call up. It's unfair. <laughs> yeah, but back to the White Sox real quick. Aiden, what's the uh, what's the best pitching matchup here in your opinion? Uh, what do you mean? Like, what's the game I'm most excited for? Or yeah. Uh, I'm more yeah. excited for game two. You know, I want to see how Rutledge rebounds from his, you know, we'll all be honest here. You know, it wasn't the start he was hoping for for his major league debut. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he can kind of just bounce back, have a much better game two of his major league career. Because, uh, I mean, like, you know, I you and I talked about the numbers a lot uh, last show. And, you know, I feel like he'll have a much better go around, especially if they're kind of tweaking pitch usage against lefties. Yeah, uh, more data, we'll see. Uh, wasn't, we talked about it on Thursday. If you want to hear us break down his start a little more, 
go check it out. Uh, it's all over the place. It's on YouTube and on a lot of podcast places. Yeah, so, and I think there's some. It's going to be one of the briefings too, where I talk about it as well. So yeah. Anyway, no, I'd like to see him go a little deeper into the game. Is my is my main thing for him? Is he was at ninety pitches through less than four innings, three and I think it was two thirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ninety pitches through that, that's a little inefficient, or it's a lot inefficient. But uh, I'd like to see him go five at least. Yeah, you know? I don't think he's throwing more than ninety pitches. I think that's kind of the load that they try to keep all the starting pitchers at on the minors. But definitely, you know, be more efficient with those 90 pitches. For sure, it would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is, a, this is a winnable series. And I – the Nats – I'd like to see the Nats get to 70 games, 70 wins. That'd be cool. That'd mm-hmm. be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, they've, ar- they've, already, they've already passed my expectations. So let's see if they can – See if they can get to seventy. Seventy would be seventy would be a nice, nice round number. Twelve and zero though. It's possible. Possible. Thirteen and zero actually. Yeah, still one yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when you just kind of look at the the roster and kind of like where they rank in a lot of things, uh, offensively, they're twenty seventh in all of baseball. In scoring runs, their rotation ranks 26 in not allowing runs, and their bullpen ranks 25th. So it's just all around, just not a very strong squad. Uh, Luis Robert had has had a pretty solid season. So is Andrew Vaughn, uh, their first baseman. But I mean, outside of that, I mean, you see, you saw you use Monty Grandal lose the starting job. Uh, Matt Catcher. Neloy Jimenez is like very shaky. Tim Anderson has been, you know, in all sorts of trouble this year. Uh, it just hasn't been a good year for them. Uh, and then that, and there's all those culture articles that came out and quotes about them. I don't know. I'm just glad I'm not the White Sox fan. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh... All tough to be a White Sox fan right now. Yeah. A little bit. They're rebuilding uh, the rebuild. <laughs> Ugh. All right. But Hayden. Jeremy. I think it's time. Is it? Uh, we've always done our nat of the series, mm-hmm. right? That's what we've always done. We got new shit. We got a new little schedule. So every Sunday, we're going to pick our Nat of the Week. Mm-hmm. And since it's a week, Hayden, mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to pick a pitcher, and we're going to pick a batter. Oh, we get, we get two. We get two. Like, we each pick two? or We each pick a pitcher, and we each pick a batter. Got it. I understand now. All right, Jeremy. I went first last time. So I'm going to be a gentleman and let you go first this time. All right. Well... So, first of all, mm-hmm. my pitcher, and this is just, we were just talking about him, Jackson Rutledge. Mm-hmm. He is my pitcher to watch this week. You know, just want to see him improve a little bit. 
I'm sure that he's on the top of the list for you too, but uh, I'd like to see him go out there. No? Good. No. I'm glad. Uh, I'd like to see him go out there and uh, improve on his uh, first start versus the Pirates. And uh, my batter this week, I'm going to go with Ildemaro Vargas. Uh, pretty solid. I just, I want to, I, I just, I feel like he's going to have a good week this week. We'll keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Uh, Vargas is a very good pick. Uh, guy who's probably going to be playing mostly every day. Uh, and Rutledge, you know, we, we talk about Rutledge a lot on here. Uh, Jeremy, I was not going to pick Jackson Rutledge because I yeah. knew you were going to pick him. <laughs> and I knew I was going to let you go first. And that's why I picked the one, the only, Josiah Gray. Coming off that six and a third inning performance where he struck out 10 guys a season high. Uh, now, did the zone from the umpire help him just a little bit? Probably. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Because now we're facing a terrible, terrible team where Josiah, if he does not shove, uh, that's a bad thing. I think we should be careful with all this White Sox slander. They might come out. And... They are. And <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Uh, like, they're just going to, like, game one, just going to absolutely destroy the Nats because we did all this trash talk and then we're going to get clipped for some reason because who's going <laughs> to clip this? I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, Josiah's my guy to watch. Uh, you know, have a last, you know, couple good starts this year uh, and build on off that into the next week. I know he changed his windup a little bit, which was also beneficial for him. Because, I mean, I think the main thing was not walking anybody. But, again, the umpire kind of helped him a little bit with that as well. Uh, and then my batter to watch, uh, Jeremy, we already talked about him. Luis Garcia hit two home runs in the past two days. So, <laughs> mathematically speaking, he's going to home run in every single game this week. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, maybe that's... he'll hit two in, one, in a couple of them, and then he'll just be the home run leader for the Washington Nationals. I mean, honestly, <laughs> would not shock me. Uh, yeah, no, I want to watch uh, Luis Garcia just go out and uh, absolutely just destroy baseballs. And make some nice grabs, too. Some nice uh, defensive plays. Uh, which I mean, I think he's looked better out there defensively, at least in the second half. So, mm -hmm. Or since he's been called up, rather. Uh, but yeah, that's, those are my nats to watch. All right, yeah. Um, real quick, I'm pretty sure that we haven't done this yet, but remember to go to thenatsreport.com slash Hayden to get a 30-day free trial to the Nats Report premium subscription. With that, you're going to get full game notes for Nationals minor league teams, game day discussion threads where plenty of Nats fans will be in there uh, just chatting about the game, just get in there to talk with a bunch of Nats fans, and, of course, if you stay past that 30-day free trial, uh, it'll be 50% off a uh, monthly subscription. Uh, so, again, that's thenatsreport.com slash Hayden for a 30-day free trial. 
Season Nast Report Premium. Uh, go check that out. There's also a new feature that we introduced. <gasps> uh, Live now? Is it really? Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, uh, you should have access to it, Jeremy. Uh, we're now doing little weekly recaps, so that way, you know, if you know, we're like, you know what, man, I'm done with baseball for this week. I I'll go, you know, figure everything out after the week's over. Well, don't worry, we got you covered. Every Saturday, uh, there should be a weekly recap put out where you'll get all the headlines, uh, some analysis about them too, uh, from whoever's writing them. I believe Rich is handling most of that, uh, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, also, you know, just check out the NAS report. Uh, you know, it's very fun. I write a lot of uh, newsletters. You know, you get to read every single morning. Uh, about you know what's going on with the Nationals, uh, at least every weekday, uh, and then during the season it'll be or during the off season, three days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know get to still read about MLB news, Nats news, you know, should be a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in to this episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts. Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Remember, you can check out all our old episodes, including this one, which will go up uh, soon on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, go check out the Nats Report. There's so much stuff uh, if this just wasn't enough baseball for you. You know, there's just so much more out there. Uh, we appreciate all you guys listening. We really do. Uh, and we will see you on Thursday. See you on Thursday. Uh, and uh, call Bill and Cruz, please. Thank you. Bye.